Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 15, Booze and Lose Sleep. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. Hoping that liquid courage will transform into liquid slumber? You're not alone. Alcohol is one of the most common methods people try in order to sail away to dreamland. Unfortunately, it's far more likely to result in a nightmare of a rest. In today's episode, I'll review some of the effects that alcohol can have on your sleep. You won't want to raise your glass to what follows. Whenever anyone struggles with sleep, it's natural to want to try anything that could alleviate that suffering. And anyone who's ever experienced the effects of alcohol knows that it is sedating. It's not just liquid courage, it's liquid tired. So it's no surprise that one of the most common things that people will try when they are struggling to sleep is to use alcohol to try to induce sleep. In fact, it may be around 10% of people suffering with insomnia using alcohol nightly to try to get better rest. Unfortunately, of all the problems alcohol can cause to individuals, families, and societies, It costs, in the United States alone, about $18 billion every year to deal with just the sleep problems. Not talking about any other alcohol issues, the sleep problems alone caused by alcohol cost our country the same price it would take to eliminate homelessness in the U.S. What we have is a common confusion between sedation and sleep. Sleep is like a symphony of different neurotransmitters in the brain, leading to the different movements. Some of them leading the melody, some harmonizing, some just holding back. And this gentle complementing of different chemical processes in the brain allows us to flow in and out of different stages of wake and sleep. Deep sleep, light sleep, and rapid eye movement sleep, and wakefulness, and in and out of all of them. And this allows us to achieve all of the benefits that come from sleep. Sedation, in contrast to the symphony of sleep, is like a tuba solo. Integrated with the whole, it can add depth and texture and nuance, but by itself, it just seems loud and obnoxious, and frankly not that pleasant to listen to. And when sedation is used in place of natural sleep, we lose all of the benefits from sleep, from hormonal regulation to the literal brain cleansing of slow-wave sleep. Looked at it this way, why would you substitute out the London Philharmonic for performance of the back row of a third-grade marching band? One experience will leave you elevated, fulfilled, 
The other will leave you wanting to invest in stronger earplugs, or wondering if it's too late to switch poor Johnny to piano lessons instead of the tuba. Research demonstrates that low doses of alcohol do shorten the time to fall asleep, known as the sleep-onset latency. However, a review of all the studies looking at this found that the average difference in the time it takes to fall asleep was only six minutes. And in half of the studies, the difference in time to fall asleep was literally just two minutes. Not a huge win, even if it is statistically significant. So yes, alcohol will help you fall asleep faster by literally only a few minutes. However, this effect does not last for long. The time it takes to fall asleep is often shown to be longer with larger doses of alcohol. Sleep latency is also significantly longer with chronic alcohol use. Furthermore, for eight weeks after alcohol cessation, known as the acute withdrawal period and the post-acute withdrawal period, these individuals continue to demonstrate a longer time to fall asleep. The only clear evidence for normalization and the time it takes to fall asleep is at five or even nine months since the last time somebody had a drink before we start to see a significant difference when the time to fall asleep actually starts to become normal again. Alcohol significantly decreases the total amount of sleep achieved across the night. This primarily happens because of an increase in the middle of the night awakenings, known as WASO, or wake after sleep onset. Adults spend about another 1-3% of the night awake after initially falling asleep from even low doses of alcohol, which is generally less than one serving uh, within about 40-60 to 60 minutes of going to bed. Among chronic drinkers, we also see a significant reduction in total sleep time. And again, this interference with sleep is not just under the direct influence of alcohol, but also during the early and the post-acute phase of alcohol abstinence, lasting at least two months after the last drink. One study showed that even after 27 weeks of sobriety, the total sleep time was still nearly an hour short of the normal range. And it was not until one to two years after the last drink before total sleep time became normal again. Not only does alcohol significantly lower the amount of sleep you'll get? But it's not like there's some big rebound recovery whenever you don't drink. These effects persist and last for an extensive amount of time. Additionally, habitual drinkers also experience significantly more fragmentation of their sleep, including the number of sleep stage switching, such as going from REM sleep into moderate sleep, and an increase in the number of microarousals, these brief periods of wakeful brain activity that typically last about under five seconds or so. This excessive fragmentation of sleep persists even after nine months of sobriety among previous habitual users. Studies demonstrate both in the early portion of the night under the direct influence of alcohol and in the second half of the night as alcohol is metabolized, there is a significant reduction in rapid eye movement sleep among healthy controls meaning both the absence of any medical or psychiatric disorder and indicating that these are not individuals who normally consume alcohol. Among chronic users of alcohol, REM sleep is significantly lowered as well, both during a night when one has been drinking and even for days after. It may take a week to get some significant rebound in REM sleep to recovery. And in some studies, it may take as long as 27 months after the last drink before it normalizes. Even a little nudge closer to normal after that first week is definitely not the same thing as actually being normal, which can take years. There is mixed evidence on the effect of alcohol on deep sleep or slow-wave sleep. 
Some studies demonstrate a minimal increase, literally just a few minutes total per night of slow-wave sleep under the direct influence of alcohol, and some demonstrate a minimal decrease, again, just a few minutes under the direct influence of alcohol in healthy young adults who are not habitual drinkers. Among habitual drinkers, there is a significant and prolonged loss of slow-wave sleep, including the depth of slow-wave sleep, how big these big slow waves of their electrical discharge can actually get. Some studies demonstrate that this deficit of slow-wave sleep can even last for years after the last drink, with complete recovery of normal slow-wave sleep not occurring until four years of complete sobriety. We see both in well-controlled animal studies and in human studies as well that circadian rhythms are significantly disrupted by alcohol. For a refresher on circadian rhythms, you can go back and listen to episodes 11 and 13 and even 4, 5, and 12 on the effect of light on the body's internal rhythm. Alcohol disrupts melatonin cycling. Melatonin is this master clock hormone released by the brain whenever the lights are turned out. Think of melatonin like Big Ben's ringing clock tower, to which all the Londoners are sinking their pocket watches. Among adults with chronic alcohol use, studies demonstrate literally zero melatonin release when studied during detox, and it may not return to normal for over two weeks. Other studies demonstrate progressive delaying of melatonin cycling during alcohol use. For instance, when your body is not ready for sleep until later and later every day, your experience of insomnia is progressively worse day after day. And this progressive delay can sometimes last for weeks after alcohol cessation. Other markers of internal rhythm, including the core body temperature, hormone cycling, and the autonomic nervous system rhythm, all of them significantly disturbed, with alterations lasting for at least weeks, even after the last drink. Okay, so we have a pretty big problem here. You have trouble sleeping, and you recognize the sedating feeling that alcohol can give you, even in small doses, so understandably, you give it a try to see if it will alleviate some of your difficulty sleeping. You drink, and yes, you are more likely to fall asleep sooner, but literally just a handful of minutes. So if it normally takes you 45 to 60 minutes laying in bed before sleep comes upon you, an average time for the common experience among those with insomnia, but when you drink, maybe that goes down to 40 to 55 minutes. Now, if I had insomnia and my time to fall asleep, quote-unquote, improved, from, say, 50 minutes to 44 minutes on average, I'm not exactly doing my happy dance. Then, despite falling asleep a statistically significant but meaningless number of minutes earlier, you actually get less total sleep overall. You wake up more across the night. Awake longer in the middle of the night. You can't stay in any particular stage of sleep long enough. You experience an excessive amount of microarousals throughout the night. And the kind of sleep you do achieve is just not right. Slow-wave sleep is hit or miss early and all miss later, and rapid eye movement sleep has been handcuffed. How does all this make you feel the next day? I'm not talking about a hangover or anything like that. But how do you feel when you've gotten a terrible night of sleep? Not great. So not great, in fact, that now you are more likely to engage in some kind of compensatory behavior, for instance, napping during the day to make up for lost sleep, or drinking more coffee or any other kind of caffeinated beverage. And what do these kinds of behaviors result in? Why, more insomnia, of course, which then reinforces the motivation to use alcohol again that night, since you're again feeling the difficulty of not getting enough sleep like you want, leading to a self-perpetuating positive feedback cycle of bad nights and bad days over and over. 
And the longer this goes on, the worse the impact on sleep timing, sleep duration, and sleep quality. And the longer it takes to get back to normal, even after the drinking has completely stopped, typically months to years. While it is sometimes hard to figure out the chicken and egg relationship of insomnia and alcohol, evidence favors the directionality of alcohol worsening insomnia, whether or not it was caused by alcohol in the first place. And the severity among alcohol users, measured by a number of subjective or symptom-based scales, the severity is worse among those who are using alcohol to try to sleep. Among those with insomnia who try to drink themselves to sleep, we see significantly worse daytime effects, more daytime sleepiness, more cognitive trouble, higher rates of depression, and worse driving performance, including a higher tendency to wander out of the lane, wander onto the shoulder of the road, and even reaction time. Life is just harder, and that can make you more likely to want to drink yourself back to sleep, just exacerbating and perpetuating the whole awful cycle. So in summary, alcohol is a sedative, so you might be tempted to believe that alcohol could help you sleep. Unfortunately, that turns out just not to be the case. While it's true alcohol makes it more likely you will fall asleep a minimally shorter amount of time, six minutes on average, that does not result in an extra six minutes of gained sleep. To the contrary, total amount of sleep is significantly lower. Much less sleep overall, thanks to the alcohol. You'd suffer much more interruption of your sleep more fragmentation and arousals from sleep with alcohol. The kind of sleep you could achieve, including timing, power, duration of higher quality sleep, including slow wave sleep and rapid eye movement sleep, from partially up to completely obliterated by the effects of alcohol, depending on whether it's a single night of drinking or more habitual nightly use. In addition to the direct effects on timing, duration, and quality of sleep, your body's 24-hour clock will be affected either completely lost, as can be seen with heavier alcohol use, or even just progressively delayed. And most concerning, the detrimental effects that alcohol has on your sleep and internal clock do not end when the drinking ends. It takes weeks for some effects to normalize, such as internal body rhythms, and often years before sleep normalizes after that final drink. When you booze, you lose sleep. I've created a little freebie for you, so if you head over to wellrestedmd.com slash day, you can get a free cheat sheet on the day in the life of the well-rested, including some specific best practices to get that good snooze. That's www.wellrestedmd.com slash D-A-Y. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes, leave a review, or head on over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.